good morning, everyone, and welcome to Mornings with Box 2 Radio. We are so glad you're listening this morning and uh, glad you're making this a part of your morning and uh, thankful for the rain outside as well. It is raining, and uh, normally that's not a good thing. Everybody's kind of sad, but we've had such a lack of rain. I think everyone's rejoicing that it's raining outside. But um, we're here. Uh, obviously, I'm not Pastor Aaron Wilson, and I'm thankful for that, too. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, but I, uh, he's on vacation. He and uh, Hannah Hayes, are they're on vacation today. Uh, actually, they're on vacation together, but it's not necessarily intentional, you know. <laughs> they, uh, Pastor Aaron took vacation week, and then uh, I'm not sure how Ethan and Hannah ended up with them today. I think Aaron invited them. Aaron invited them. Okay, <laughs> they, they're not mooching or anything like that. They just no. he invited them. Okay. But anyway, they're all. Just happened. Everybody had a holiday, so yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, we're holding down the fort. Uh, Jason Miller here, and then uh, my mom, Miss Gretchen Miller. Mom, you doing okay? I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, all right. So and then. Miss Jamie Excellent is here as well. Mm-hmm. So you're doing good? Doing good. All yes. right. Happy to have you. What a and name. <laughs> I know. It's a great radio name. <laughs> Jamie Excellent. Yeah. yeah, not for much longer, though. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be excellent much longer? Mm-mm. Really? No. <laughs> All right. Well, you can ask why. Well, <laughs> so this uh, we're all traditionally, uh, you got me all flustered here. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> is this uh announcement right now? This is your... Yeah, I'm getting married in September 30th. So. Really? Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. Are you just now announcing this to everybody, or is this common knowledge now? It's common knowledge. Okay, all right. Yep. Just, you just didn't know. I just, I just, I <laughs> well... I kind of I kind of hate to let go of a name like Excellent. Yeah, but, but no, it's a good it's good. It's name. First time he introduced yeah. you, I thought he was talking about your character, not your last name. <laughs> well, I hope my character is excellent. <laughs> it is, it is. And I, right. and I asked, is that really her last name? Wow, what a name! <laughs> well, how about that? September third. That's my daughter Hannah's birthday. So, oh, it's a great day. Yeah, it will be a good day. How about that? All right. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah, that threw me off. I was, I did not know. I, I knew there was a, a romance there, but, uh, Jamie, I didn't know that there was wedding bells. So. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. All right. Um, so anyway, we're here and we're holding down the fort and, um, we will do our best to get through this Monday morning and do it with excellence. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Jamie, excellent. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see Coming up. I don't have any major announcements in front of me. I know that we have um, uh, one thing to, to mention. Needham, is that how you say that? Needham? Mm-hmm. Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Uh, they're having their homecoming on June the 25th at 11 a.m. Uh, singing by Joshua McMillan and a potluck lunch. So that's always a uh, great thing there, potluck lunch. Church potluck lunches are... Um, do you call that a dinner or a lunch? I would yeah. call that a dinner. But. Well, actually, technically, I guess it's lunch, but it'd be like uh, how uh, Southerners do. Is it dinner and then supper? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would call that a dinner, and then later you have supper. Mm-hmm. But anyway, lunch, in my opinion, lunch is just like a sandwich and chips or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a dinner, that's when you have the... 
a whole meal. The whole meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You agree with that, Jamie? Yeah, I right. agree. <laughs> anyway, Pastors Eric and Danielle Hornback inviting everybody out Eastview, Kentucky. If you uh, are interested, if we got you at the potluck part of it, and you're interested, uh, you can text either one of them. Two seven. These are both. Two, I'm sorry, they're not both two seven zero numbers. Two seven zero four four six nine two one three. Again, that's two seven zero four four six nine two one three or six three zero four four one six one seven zero. Again, six three zero four four one six one seven zero. All right, and that's coming up June the twenty fifth. That's in Eastview. I did not know Needham Cumberland Presbyterian Church existed. Uh, I'm not I familiar did. with Eastview either. But. Of course, I, you know, was raised Cumberland Presbyterian, so but we never went to that that church. You know, we had a lot of youth that um, mm-hmm. we had CPYF. That was our CPYF Cumberland Presbyterian Youth Fellowship. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so we, uh, but I, I don't remember we ever going there. You know, we go to different churches that we have our little district meetings and stuff. Okay. So, so uh, but not. Ever remember attending that one though? Well, like I said, I'm not real familiar with Eastview, so there's. I, as a matter of fact, I don't know of any churches in Eastview. That's how <laughs> little I know of Eastview. Jamie, where are you from originally? As uh, Somerset. Somerset. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> 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 right. Okay. She's really glad because she. Yeah. yeah. Found her husband well, here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be husband to be here. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, so if you want to um, interact with us today, uh, you can call in. Uh, our phone numbers here are 270-259-2689. Yes, that's right, 257. <laughs> I was looking right at it and still, still said it wrong. Uh, 257-2689 or 257-0726. And then uh, if you want to text, uh, obviously Pastor Aaron's out, so you can't text him. He told me he was not even going to have his phone with him most of the time. So I called him a little later in the day to check that out, and he answered. So <laughs> I told him he needed to put it away. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, you can interact with us by texting 270. This is me, 270-899-0885, 270-899-0885. And I don't know either one of y'all's numbers. So. Isn't yeah. it a shame? I, I don't know what we're going to do if something happens to our phones and we need to contact somebody. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, 270 200 3532. That's my number. All right. And then, Jamie? 606 341 4566. All right. So, yeah, I, don't, I know Kelly's number, and I believe that's it. I believe that's the only phone number that I know. I know a lot of numbers from my childhood, old landlines, so I can remember those. <laughs> but they no longer exist, probably. <laughs> Jamie, do, are, do you have phone numbers that you know, or do you would you have to look at your phone? I have to look at my phone. For all I don't memorize any no. numbers. So that is mm-hmm. odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miss Jerry over at the school, if I need a number, most of the time she knows it off the top of her head. Oof. You know, if I call the... Uh, one day I was I was looking for uh, one of the city government numbers, and she just spit it out like <laughs> like a machine. And uh, so I guess that's an old um, an old uh, habit. I guess I don't know. Yeah. We used to have to do that, you know, or you had a little book where you had carry around your phone numbers with. Mm-hmm. But anyway, do you have me? Do you have numbers memorized? No. 
just like the numbers here at the radio station. I know them. <laughs> yeah, I do know them. Well, actually, I thought I did. <laughs> I, I watched it. <laughs> and I can call the school. Yeah, I can call the school. But that's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, I, if I lost my phone, I would probably be lost. Me too. I yeah. would be lost yeah. for sure. All right. Anyway, um, so, uh, someone texted said we have. Uh, do we have an arrow meeting scheduled? No. Mm-mm. Not that I know of. But you will have one, right? Yeah, the way, I guess the way so. you said that, it was almost like it was uh, it was over. <laughs> no more. <laughs> no, no, we will. You just don't have uh, one in the works yet. We don't have one in the works yet. Yes. No. Uh, after, I guess after we got o- over the the uh, arrow yeah. and the coffee with Jesus combination, you know, we got to take a little break. That was a big. That was a big weekend. <laughs> it was. Um, and then she asked about, or they asked about. I don't know if it's she or he. Uh, VBS, um, which I forgot. I totally forgot to announce that yesterday. I don't know the dates on that. Uh, is it, it August? August third yes. to. Yeah, third, fourth, and fifth says yes, Mariah. Fourth mm-hmm. and fifth. And uh, there's uh, there's several you know things that's coming up in the future. You know, like right. the in September the right, meeting yeah. here, the joint meeting with uh, Madrid Pentecostal and us and. That's uh, with uh, uh, Brother Lance uh, Johnson. Mm-hmm. Right. That's September 10th through the 12th. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long ways out there. Mm-hmm. If we can't remember phone numbers, we're not going to remember those days. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I guess if we repeat them enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, VBS is coming up here. And there's a lot of, of uh, churches nearby that are also having these uh, vacation Bible schools. But, right. um, but ours is, is going to be the 3rd, the 4th, and the 5th. Of August, and th- those in the evening. Yes, well, the, the yes, it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then Saturday's all day. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Ten, ten to four. Yeah, ten mm-hmm. to four. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I guess everybody had a good weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything special? It was good service yesterday. Oh yeah. So, I'll ask you, ladies, a question. Um, the service was, of course, Father's Day. I wouldn't say it was geared toward fathers specifically, but it was leaning toward fathers. Do you all ever, do you feel kind of uh, tuned out when it's a Father's Day message? Or do you uh, just jump right in? No, I don't. I I mean, I don't on Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. I just kind of jump right in. I didn't know if that was the other way around. Well, Jamie, you know, right now you're neither a father or a mother. (laughs) No. Yeah. No, I think it was a really good message yeah. for for all of us, but really for men to, you know, to rise up as leaders of the household and and spiritual leaders in general. And I, it was very encouraging. Yeah. But it's very encouraging for um, for all of us because we're all meant, you know, mm-hmm. we're all meant to to um, pursue Christ and procru- pursue Christ wholeheartedly and to be spiritual leaders. But it was really encouraging to see all the men um, be prayed for and to intercede for all yeah. the men. Do you, st- do you still have those statistics you were talking about that you mentioned when you uh, I could look it up. I had it yesterday, and let me see. It was kind of it's kind of weird because, of course, um, you know, I lost my, my dad, and I was just sharing with someone uh, a few days ago about it's kind of weird, you know. Of course, I greatly miss you know your dad, mm-hmm. but. Um, uh, brother, brother Ron, but uh, I was sharing with someone that how it's, you know, it's kind of funny, but it's almost like I miss my dad more than I do my mom. And of course, you know, I I lost uh, you know, 
passed around. He passed away in 2019. My dad, 2020, and my mom in 2021. <laughs> so, and of course, my mom had uh, dementia, and it was kind of like we we lost her several years before. But anyway, but I don't know. It's it's something about you know with my dad. It's like a, it's kind of weird. I just kind of thought I missed him more. And I was sharing with this with with someone, and and she was saying, you know, it's, that's just a part about fathers how important fathers are yeah. to us and uh, you know even though uh <laughs> you know uh, uh it's it was like uh i mean he he didn't treat me like a child but it was almost like i always looked to him as my daddy <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and he did you know and uh you know and, and i was like uh uh his little girl, you know, <laughs> and you know, and he, you know, sometimes he would, you know, have to, he would kind of rise up as the father figure, and you know, even though I was in my getting close to my in my late sixties, you know, when, when he passed, you know, <laughs> and so uh, yeah. Anyway, what like those statistics? What was that? Yeah, I defined it. Um, when the child comes to Christ first. Uh, 3.5% of the families will follow. When the mother comes to Christ first, 17% of the uh, family will follow. But when the dad comes to Christ first, 93% of the family will follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Follow him to uh, salvation and to be rooted in a, a local church. Mm -hmm. You so. know, and, and just, just some of the things that we're sharing, like, you know, in the, in the world today, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, Pastor Aaron mentioned that in his message that, and I think it was, you know, President Obama was sharing how that some of our downfall of this nation is because there's so many fatherless children, yeah. you know, and uh, mm -hmm. and he he recognized that, you know, it's 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 so obvious, you know, and of course he was sharing it, you know, mostly in the in the black community, and uh, but you know he recognized that, and so. And, and obviously we are too as a as as a church body. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um So I, I do want to say I'm thankful for a godly father. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and, and I, I remember as a child when uh, uh you know, at first we uh as a family, you know, I I went to church with my grandparents and they'd pick us up on their way to church and and then I remember the day that my dad really committed his life to the Lord and uh, and and from that point on you know he uh, served the Lord godly man and and raised us up so <laughs> right yeah that is um, you know of course my dad I he got saved before I was born mm -hmm. so I never knew anything but that and that was a blessing that I uh, I, I don't think I've ever taken that for granted you know, but uh, I don't think I've ever also ha realized maybe some of the struggles that a lot of other people have gone through dealing with an unsaved father, you know, and things like that, you know. So the Lord has really blessed me, you know. Amen. All right. Uh, so are we going to do John? Are we going to study John a little bit? If you want to. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. If we, could, if we could find our place. I think Pastor Aaron said they left off i didn't get to hear friday's uh, uh bible study or, or program 
You got a show or program? Program. 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 Yeah. I don't like the word show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pastor Aaron, he, he at first he uh, uh, got used to you know saying that he would say show, and I'd always correct him. <laughs> and so uh, one day he was sharing with me someone else had said something about the, you know he was telling about a guest, possible guest for him, and and he said on your show and. And he said, I didn't correct the guy, but you know, I, I know it's programming. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it bother you so much? I don't know. It, it just it doesn't, it doesn't sound spiritual. <laughs> the show doesn't sound spiritual. <laughs> All right. Program. Uh, I believe we left the broadcast. off at <laughs> Jesus Wept. Right? And I'm assuming he covered that. that, that verse there of John 11, 35. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I, I can even be out in this in the office there and the, and the radio beyond, but uh, just the traffic in and out, you, you miss you miss something. <laughs> so, All right, uh, Mariah says he covered Jesus wept, wept. We got the thumbs up. So we start verse verse 36? Uh, 11.36, let me find it here. All right, you wanna read that, that mom? Okay, uh, so after Jesus wept on verse 35, he says, then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. Because he's referring to Lazarus. Right. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? How far do you want me to read? Let's read one more. Oh. Verse 38 as well. Okay. And Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. All right. So... They don't get very far very long through the week. No, do they, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. Because I think we were talking this about this last Monday. <laughs> we were way, we were in verse twenty something whenever mm -hmm. uh, a week ago Monday. All right, but um, I mean I think it's just the I, I'll say the carnality. I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but the carnal thinking of the people. You know when Jesus was weeping over their unbelief and, you know, just all tore up about that. They didn't see that at all. They just thought, well, he, he loved Lazarus, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and also, you know, in their defense, it was it was very common to be weeping at a funeral. Mm -hmm. um, so even four days, you know, post-death, post it was still very common. So you know you can't necessarily fault them for that thought going through their process, the, the through their head, but um, you know just not being able to read his his body language or see that his his where his heart was, and, you know it, that's and that's I guess where a lot of us are really you know we oh, don't yeah. we mm -hmm. don't think about the heart of Christ you know mm -hmm. we just kind of only think the, of the physical realm mm -hmm. or the carnal realm, but. Um, but then when you think about everything, that the conversation that's gone on before all this was that, you know, he's trying to, to let them know that, you know, he is the resurrection and the life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, Mary and Martha were talking <clears throat> about, yeah, we know it's, that's coming in the future. And, uh, the, you know, of course, I've heard it, you know, preached a lot about, you know, why, you know, why he wept. And, you know, some have said because, you know, he knew the rejection that was going to come. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, you know that people would not receive. So, so I don't. Uh, and then, of course, people saying you know that you know he was he was man. You know, at this at this time. 
and uh, so he was can have the emotions that any you know any a normal man would have but so I don't know <laughs> yeah I, I um I, you know, I think it's well. I'll just go back to another analogy. I, I was reading in uh, Numbers yesterday, and how you know God was so upset with the Israelites because they of their lack of of uh, faith uh, with the, the twelve spies, and um, he tells Moses, he says, "We're going to just wipe them out and start all over with you." And uh, Moses is like, "No, no, don't do that." You know, and you know, it just kind of struck me that, you know, God was not being rash in that particular example. God was not just mad and kind of losing his cool, like as we so often do. <laughs> but, uh, but basically, what he was doing is he was kind of pulling Moses along, and you know, kind of training Moses, you know, and how to respond. You know, a few years earlier, Moses, he was the same person that rose up and killed the Egyptian person. You know, and most theologians think that he did that thinking that the rest of the uh, Israelites would follow after him and they would they would overthrow mm -hmm. that government. You know, so, you know, 40 plus years prior to that, he was, or how, how long was it before? Was he in the wilderness 40 years before he came? They, they wandered in the wilderness no how long was he in the wilderness before he came oh. to pharaoh hmm. it wasn't 40 yeah. years because then he would have been 80 years oh. plus ever how long he ever how old he was before uh, anyway i don't know okay. but you know <laughs> um but he would have responded totally different you know before when he was a young man you know it was kind of all about him mm -hmm. you know, he was going to be their leader but uh, by this time, you know, when God says that to him, he's like, no, God, you know, you you need to get the glory for this. And um, and that's kind of the way the Lord works. He just kind of he kind of pulls you along. And he was doing that with Mary and Martha throughout this whole scenario here in the people there, too. He was kind of stretching them and kind of pulling them. And, uh, you know, he he does that, I think, because, you know, he I think he wants it to be. You know, he doesn't want us to love him out of obligation. Yeah. He doesn't want us to serve him out of, of, of just necessarily this fear. He wants it to be, you know, our choice, our mm -hmm. to choose to love him, to choose to serve him. You know, we could do, and that's the great thing about you know being a child of God. You could do anything in the world you want. We could be anything in the world we want, but choosing to love our Savior, and I think that's what you know. He just that's what he desires out of us. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, but that's what uh, you know, I think he was doing there. He was he, the whole process there. He's trying to pull them into that that deeper revelation of him, and boy, they don't seem to get it at all. Oh no, <laughs> they have trouble getting it the whole throughout the whole time of his ministry. Yeah, and aren't they going to be surprised when yeah. they <laughs> when he yeah. raises Lazarus from the dead? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, but you know they're they're. Looking at him for a healing there in verse 37, mm -hmm. well, he could have, you know, opened his blind or he could have, you know, healed him. He did these other things. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I guess whenever that that final breath of Lazarus happened, it was like they just kind of cut him off. You know, mm -hmm. he, he this is as far as it goes. Well, it's just like 
you know, some have shared, you know, they believe, you know, uh, before and in the future, but not for the now. Mm-hmm. And, of course, and I've heard many of preachers make that analogy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we want to move on then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was, it was there at the grave. It was a cave. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay, so then in verse, um, <clears throat> starting in verse 39, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto him, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, by I said it, that they may believe that thou sent me, <clears throat> hast sent yeah. me. Okay. Uh, we'll stop there for just a second. Okay. And again, Martha, just another natural reaction. Mm-hmm. He stinks. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably did. But, but you know, it, yeah, again, you can't blame her. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a natural reaction, but there's there's just no faith for the miraculous. For the name. Mariah's saying something there. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of these days we're going to get Mariah to talk. She can just chime, yeah. in, mm-hmm. chime in with her comment. No, she's going to text it, I think. I've All heard right. her do, uh, you know, uh, about our uh, sponsors, you know. <laughs> I've heard of, I don't want to say commercial, but <laughs> an ad, but, uh, yeah. you know, I've heard her voice in that. It's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mariah says they got to that verse, too. So we're repeating everything that they've already said? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well. Well, I guess we can. Peep, the audience can just decide. Did we do it better? <laughs> <laughs> Recap. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I've, people have uh, been chiming in. I have my. I'm used to have my phone on. But uh, Josh Milburn said that he, this is backing up a little bit. He called a show one time, and my mom corrected me to say program. Because <laughs> Sister Gretchen doesn't like that word. <laughs> she says, if Sister Gretchen doesn't like it, I'm going to try my best not to say it. Oh. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, well, uh, and Jim Waters said, listening this morning, says, uh, Moses in Pharaoh's house, 40 years, in All the right. wilderness, 40 years, and shepherd of Israel, 40 years. Okay. So, All right. <laughs> yeah, well. I, had, I had looked it up, too. So okay. I, <laughs> well, I, I thought that is, um, that's what I was, it was leaning toward, but <laughs> the math, so he, he lived to be about 120 then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. But I, I do want to uh, get to this part about... Uh, Hold just a second. Another listener says Mary and Martha knew he had resurre- he had resurrected others before, but they didn't ask Jesus for help. You you receive not because you ask not. It's yeah. true. There you go. They knew he was Jesus the Messiah that he could do signs and wonders, but they didn't. Yeah. Ask him. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, and I wonder why. You know. Mm-hmm. Was it a lack of faith? Uh, or, or what? I, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's kind of, um, you know, you can pray for uh, other people's healings, but sometimes when it's when it's you, it's it's. I don't know. They're, you're different, and you want to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have it, noticed it that. that a lot. Mm-hmm. And you think that's a, like a deception of the enemy? I, I've noticed that about my own life. You know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of faith for for other people, but when mm-hmm. it comes to my own ailments or whatever, it seems as though I. I don't have the faith that I need, mm-hmm. or I hesitate to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know. Hesitate to ask, and then you, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe you're thinking that, is this something the Lord's trying to do, or, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but but that, that list, I, I think I it's Miss Gail. I think it's the listener is right, though. You, you do, if you don't ask, you're not going to receive. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well. All right. Okay. But then I, I did they get to this part too? Where uh, and when he the dust had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, yeah. "Lazarus, come forth!" Mariah. <laughs> they get that part. Did they get that far? <laughs> Let's do four, forty-three and forty-four, and then we'll we'll stop it there. I do like this part, though. Yeah. I've heard people say that uh, that uh, if he hadn't called out Lazarus by name, everybody in the in the cemetery there would have come forth. <laughs> I've heard so? that before too. Yeah, I've heard that. I didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then he said, "And and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with it, with a napkin." And Jesus saith unto him, "Loose him and let him go." Yeah, and I've heard a lot of sermons preached on, on uh, this particular these particular two verses there. You know about loosing him and let him go free. Mm-hmm. You know, not just raising him from the dead, not just uh, bringing him out of from death to life, but to loose him and to mm-hmm. to free him of any bondage mm-hmm. that uh, may have you know been entangled in before, you know, kind of that analogy of our own our salvation experience. You know, the Lord doesn't want us just to avoid death, not to bring us from death to life, but He wants us to be free as well mm-hmm. and not be entangled with any kind of uh, bondage from our past, and uh, you know that. I think that was something, a message maybe that Dad preached years ago, but that's always stuck with me, mm-hmm. that, you know, we're not just meant to be alive, we're meant to be free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And that's a good stopping point, I think. Right. So we'll stop there, and we have a trivia question, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and right there. Do you want to do it? Or you want no, me? go ahead. <laughs> Okay. I like to make fun of Pastor Aaron when he messes it up. So if I don't, <laughs> if I don't say it, then I won't mess it up. See, then okay. nobody can make fun of me. <laughs> okay. Uh, for a trivia question number one for today, uh, who was the commander of Abimelech's army? Who was the commander of Abimelech's army? And in case I'm not saying it right, I think Abimelech it's right. is A-B-I-M-E-L-E-C-H, <laughs> Abimelech. No, you shouldn't have spelled it that way. They can't Google it. <laughs> I don't, if you try biblical names, if like, like uh, last night, I could not think of the, um, the spelling for the the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh-huh. Is that, am I saying that right now? Yeah. I, I, then I got all messed up, but I could not even remember how to pronounce it. Mariah helped me out with that, but uh, I was trying to to Google it. <laughs> and I couldn't get the words. I couldn't get the spelling. And it, just, well, it, it just kept Google, saying no replacement found. <laughs> Googling sometimes because it's like they think before you they're ahead of you. Yeah. But uh, but in your Power Bible CD, you have to spell it right or it doesn't come up. <laughs> so. All right. We'll go to break. Okay. And hopefully we'll get a uh, winner. 
I don't know what you're going to win, but you you could win a prize there. But we'll go to break and come back with mornings with box two. Okay, we are back after this bre uh, break there, and uh, welcome back to Mornings with Box 2. So glad you're listening. So glad you're still listening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have a winner, Miss um, Gail Harrington. Is it Arrington Harrington? Harrington? I say Har Harrington, but okay. I'm not for sure. <laughs> All right. I just say Miss Gail. <laughs> she is our winner. I think I've been spelling it uh, different than what she does. But All right. So I'm well, sometimes the H is a little silent. <laughs> anyway, she won. Well, you didn't really win yet. You got your name to be drawn. You might win, Miss Gale. Mm -hmm. So don't get your hopes up just yet. But you have a good chance. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A good chance. You have a better chance than I do because I'm not, I'm not in there at all. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but um, so she won. Should we, uh, I guess we should give the answer. Right, go for it. <laughs> I think this is some kind of cruel joke on me, but it appears <laughs> that the answer is, would you say fecal? Fecal, that's what the, I, I was just put on, in the, uh, on the internet the, uh, how to pronounce, and that's how it sounded like they got it. <laughs> How'd she say it, Miss Mariah? <laughs> she said fico. All right. That doesn't sound right to me. But that's the thing with Bible names. There's so many of them that you just, uh, you're just not sure of. Mm -hmm. And no matter how you pronounce it, you're I know, like, that, that can't be right. I've told this before, but, you know, when we were in Israel, uh, our God would ask questions about, you know, maybe where we was getting ready to head toward, you know, incidents about the places and, and, uh, your dad wouldn't know the answer, and it just because uh, you know then he would share the answer about it, and uh, and uh, then we, we realized you know well we don't say it that way. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's when they got when the guy would tell it you know and and then maybe where we understood what it was and well, he'd say well we don't say it that way. That's why <laughs> you know he'd be wrong about things you know so. Well, I heard a I think it was a Christian comedian say. Not too long ago, with all those hard names in the Bible, those tough names, how did Jesus end up with Peter, James, and John? <laughs> you got names like Fecole and Abimelech and all that, and he gets Peter, James, and John. Right, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, all right. So we uh, we've we finished our Bible study, and and uh, hopefully it wasn't a total repeat, but. Uh, that's uh, that's what I remember Pastor Aaron telling me is they they finished up at Jesus wept, okay, so, so I was only following his directions. It, uh, Josh Milburn, you know they'll, you'll all be on in the morning, so you know where to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Verse forty-five. <laughs> there you go. But hey, maybe a listener needed a repeat. That's right. Of it. That's mm -hmm. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm hoping anyway. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, today's Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. So is, is, we have a this is a federal holiday now, right? Yep. All right. Mm -hmm. This one kind of snuck up on me. I did not know right. it was going to. I was at the I bank uh, last week, and they have a sign on the door and says that, you know, they'll be closed for the holiday. And I was like, well, I didn't know it was a holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, three or four years ago, I didn't even know this holiday existed, period. Right. So I've uh, learned a lot. But actually, I don't, I'm not even 
totally sure what what we're celebrating. Well, I looked it up because okay. you know I was like, uh, you know, why was it you know named a federal holiday and everything, and so uh, I think it was in twenty one that twenty twenty one. Yeah, President Biden made it a holiday, and it was uh, there was a it was because of. Um, Slaves in Texas mm-hmm. that didn't know that they were had been set free, you know, and right. so until uh, if I think I remember, I remember it was months later or how long that you know that uh, they had been set free on June the nineteenth. I forgot what year, and uh, but then it, this was several months or so later that they okay. found out. But anyway, so they but they. Uh, decided to cel- they celebrate, you know, their freedom, and so. And so have, will this holiday be celebrated on the same day every year, or will it be like, like Labor Day or Memorial Day where it's like a Monday well, holiday? I don't know about that. Uh, it just All happened right. that this year it was on a Monday. Right. So. You know, because Labor Day is, is the, is it the last, or no, it's the first Monday in September? Memorial Day is the last Monday in, in May. May. Last Monday in May. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's always going to be June 19th. June 19th. So Juneteenth. All right. Okay. Uh There we go. That's it. I have a problem with the the name. It doesn't sound like a real holiday. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like something a made up holiday. (laughs) Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Yeah. It could be Emancipation Day. It could be Mm -hmm. whatever. But but you know, we have Memorial Day. We have Thanksgiving. We have Labor Day. Juneteenth just sounds like <laughs> something that's been made up thrown in there. <laughs> anyway, it may mean a lot to other people. I don't know. But yeah. it, it, snuck, it snuck up on me. So, yeah, I've got all my... I was going to take a bunch of stuff to the dump today. And uh, I got the truck loaded down last night. And then it rained on me. So now it's a mess. And then now my fear is that the dump's not even going to be open. Oh, I'll have to wait till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They probably... Probably won't be since it's a federal holiday. I didn't know. notice that uh, notice if, the, if the post office is closed, I'm sure it is. I think it's a federal, you know, it is federal. Yeah, it says yeah. it's a federal holiday. So. All right. Well, I'll probably just have to wait till tomorrow morning, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, lesson learned. Uh, <laughs> trivia que- No, not trivia questions. What do we oh. call these? Bible questions? Oh, yeah. Bible Q&A. Bible Q&A. Joey Sosh has... His dad joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> he sent it to me. He says, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? I don't know. A stick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <Okay. laughs> there we go. I got one for Joey. I was actually going to share this with him yesterday, but I forgot. All right. This was, I heard this one not too long ago, but anyway. So a um, nurse comes to the doctor, and uh, she says to the doctor, Doctor, you have to see this patient. Uh, we got, he's in bad shape. He is, uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm terrible at telling jokes. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, yeah. You've you got to see this patient. You've got you to come take a look at this guy. He is turning invisible. And the doctor said, well, I can't see him right now. and then the nurse says he's also shrinking and the doctor says well he's just going to have to be a little patient (laughs) 
that. Mariah's cutting Take that, off Joey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Okay, our first question. We're going to do that. <laughs> oh, let me see. I'm I wish I could tell jokes better. I just, I'm. Oh. And I'm, I'm, I'm terrible about, uh, <laughs> yeah, telling stories and stuff, repeating things, or th things that I've heard. You know, good, good uh, illustrations mm -hmm. or good uh, points. You know, and I'll like, I'll get it. I can't get it either. I mess it up. I can't find her questions either. <laughs> uh, oh, here they are. You may go with the yeah, very just first pick, one. You pick one. Just pick one of them. Okay. Uh, it says uh, in Luke twenty two forty two, and I think that there's a mistake here that uh, with your question. All right. It's I think you're saying what cup the cup that Jesus that he spoke of was this actually the crucifixion, the cup that he okay. in the garden. Okay. Yeah. Let me read it just like it says here. It says in Luke twenty two forty two was June cup. Jesus that spoke of actually the crucifixion. Maybe I was thinking about Juneteenth. <laughs> uh, yeah, was the cup that Jesus spoke of. Okay, in Luke uh, 22, All right. verse 42. Okay, this is a long chapter. Yeah. Okay, it's saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Okay. My version says cup of suffering. Right. Yep. I think that's it right there. That's That sums it up right there. What what version you got? ESV? Uh, NLT. Okay. The New Living Translation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a note. Well, actually, it just refers me back to other notes. I guess it's, it's referring me back to Matthew's gospel. Uh -huh. But uh, that's the way I've always taken it is it's, he's not asking to avoid the cross. He knew exactly what he was, what he was here for. I mean, he knew from the beginning, you know, that he was going to the cross. And I don't think that was ever in doubt. He never tried to shy away from that. You know, he uh, many, many times... You know, knew that you know he was on his way to the cross. You know, and when Peter tried to get a get him to avoid that, he said, "Get behind me, Satan!" Right? Mm -hmm. That was he. Yeah. He recognized that temptation, even though maybe Peter didn't even recognize what he was was saying. But so I don't think he was ever trying to avoid the cross. I think that uh, the suffering part of it, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's killing me. Is basically mm -hmm. what he was saying. You know, and if you can. You know, if, if we can avoid this, that would be great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's just a humanness. You know, nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to be in pain. Mm -hmm. And I think also um, the suffering of having the people that he loves kill him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and those that he loved reject him. Yeah. yeah. You know, what he was going to do, what, yeah. what was going to take place here. Not receive the, you know, the gift of his life, you know, mm -hmm. for that in, in, in their place. Yeah. Know. Yeah, well, that's good. Mm -hmm. So that uh, was fairly easy to answer. Anybody disagree with that? I think we're no. Any mm -hmm. comments? No. Anyone, anyone listening there <laughs> have any more to add to that? Um, I'm just trying to find the, that note there. <clears throat> Matthew 20, 22 is referring me back to that. I guess that's the same account in Matthew's Gospel. 
And uh, John, mine also references John 5, verse 30. I can be, I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. But <clears throat> that's not referring to that. <clears throat> uh, I think Ms. Gail asked it. Do you think Mary also knew he would be crucified? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I'm just trying to think of, you know, just the different times he, uh, you know, he, he shared with the disciples, you know, what was coming about, uh, mm -hmm. you know, whether Mary was there, Mary, Mary and Martha. Or, I think she, she knew. She was referring to Mary and Martha mm -hmm. or yeah. Mary, his mother. Mary's mother, I think. I think she knew. Uh -huh. I think she was aware mm -hmm. that this was going to happen. Um, just a moment here. Well, I'm um, trying to go back to the other references. Well, I'm looking at, at Dake's, <coughs> his uh, commentary on, on <coughs> Matthew 26, uh, where the, the same account. The idea, idea here seems to be that the devil tried to kill Christ before he could get to the cross. Mm -hmm. Cross, excuse me. But God heard his prayer and saved him from death. If Satan could have succeeded in killing Christ any time from infancy to the cross, he could have defeated God's plan of redemption. So, well, uh, um, let me. I'm looking up another another verse. You know, Satan doesn't have. You know, foreknowledge. So he w he was you know piecing together prophecies. You know, much like uh, you know the people of the day. And so he he his goal was to wipe out uh, all the infants that he could. You know, um, you know, uh, what was it Herod that did that? You yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you know, hoping that he could kill the Messiah there, but I don't think he had any knowledge of of who the Messiah was until Jesus comes announces his ministry. And then, uh, you know, so it's quite possible he did try to kill him right there in the garden. But uh, but did Mary know? I, I think Mary knew. I mean, I don't have any scriptural proof of that, but I think Mary was aware. And uh, I'm sure she and Jesus had those discussions. And he said, oh, hey, I'm here for one reason. Mm -hmm. And um, I was looking up another verse that that talks about that. In First Corinthians two, verse eight, says which none of the princes of this world knew, uh, for had they known it about you know uh, crucifying uh -huh. the Lord, they right. uh, they would not have crucified the Lord. Of Where's Lord. that at again? First Corinthians two, verse eight. All right, <clears throat> that's good. Okay, well I think we solved that one. That was fairly easy. Okay. I was a little worried, you know. I hate to give credit to Pastor Aaron. I don't want to puff him up too, too but when he's not here, it's a little more intimidating to answer these questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so anyway, but don't tell him I said that. <laughs> what was that verse again? First Corinthians 2? Two? Uh, 2 verse 8. Uh, read that one more time. I'm trying to turn there. but. Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll read a... Uh, let me start with verse 6. That's okay. kind of beginning of a, of a paragraph. <clears throat> Why does my voice always <clears throat> crack on? <laughs> on Mondays. On Mondays. Okay, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, 
yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Now Isaiah 53, 6 says, Pierced for our transgressions. Mm-hmm. So that was prophesying that Jesus, you know, would be pierced for our yeah. sins. So right. I, I believe she definitely knew that he was going to die. I don't know yeah. if she necessarily knew that he was going to be crucified uh-huh. until the events leading up to that. But. Right. So, yeah, and I just in just in the natural, I would think that they had that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, that, I Mary, think that Jesus would have prepared his mother for even that. Even Mary and Martha, you know, they knew about the resurrection. Yeah. You know, and, of course, you know, you had to have died to to have been mm-hmm. resurrected. Yeah. And they knew of that. I'm sure he, you know, he shared that he tried to prepare them for all that, you know, but, you know, like Paul was saying, it it's a mystery, you know, the whole, the whole thing, you know, and, and, uh, you know, so I'm sure that, you know, yeah, we've heard it, you know, but, you know, what, you know, it'd be kind of hard to grasp, you know, <laughs> yeah. all yeah. that. All right, well, let's move on. You got another question there? Okay. Uh, it says in Ephesians 6, 3, uh, wait a minute, someone just chimed in here. It says, I think it was the separation from God that Jesus didn't want. His purpose was the cross. Yeah. You know, I've heard I've heard someone else mention that before. Mm-hmm. That that um when he when he took on the sins of the earth, the all of humanity, you know, that basically God and sin cannot exist together. Mm-hmm. You know, because he is, God is pure. God is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. holy and righteous. And so there, that separation that, you know, he became, um, oh, there's a verse there. I can't think of it off the top of my head now where it talks about him being rejected or despised or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. by the Father. Um, uh, and I could be botching that totally up. So anyway, but uh, I have heard that mentioned before that. Right, you know, I have too. That that's what that he... Uh, you know, when Jesus, when the God turned His back on on Jesus, yeah. you know, and that because He could not look upon the sin, right. you know, and so, you know, and that's what maybe Jesus was. That's true. That was the cup, maybe that He. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, now we got two answers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still like our answer best. <laughs> But no, I've heard both, and actually, I I I, I like both uh, thoughts there. So, uh-huh. anyway, all right, pick another one. Okay, is Ephesians six three an actual promise to those who honor their parents? All right, I've, most of us are familiar with that passage, but go ahead and read. Uh, start from the beginning of that chapter there. Okay, it says in uh, in Ephesians six one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Okay. All right. I, I've looked up some commentaries on this, and <clears throat> and I've, uh, you know, and some would say that, you know, if if you live that kind of life to where you, you know, you're obedient and you honor your parents. It does seem like that, you know, uh, it extends your life. 
And, uh, you know, of course, you know, there are uh, uh, families that uh, that doesn't happen, you know. Right. For some reason or another. Not, not uh, uh, you know, maybe for some reason other than, you know, like maybe uh, sickness or uh, a tragic accident or something like that. You know, you'll you'll see that happen, and and you'll you'll wonder why. But uh, you know, but it uh, you know, I think about uh, my dad. Uh, yeah. He uh, he uh, his father. Uh, I, I'd have to do some figuring to know how old each one was, but uh, my grand my my grandfather. Uh, uh, you know, he was in his late eighties. Maybe he might have even made it to ninety in the early nineties, and uh, uh, yeah, I think maybe he did. And uh, you know, then of course my, my dad died. He was eighty six, I think it was, when he passed away. Right. You know, but I did see a, an honoring there. You know, down through the years, and uh, uh, you know, and I and I've thought that you know that. You, I could see the, the example of honoring his father e- even in in their old age, you know, right. <laughs> and uh, you know, and they both enjoyed a long life. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I th- it says it's with promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, my commentary says that um, there are four reasons for children to obey parents. Uh, number one, it's right. Number two, a commandment. Uh, number three, a blessing of well-being. And then number four, a long life promised. Mm-hmm. So that's a, almost like your dad's sermon on the incentive, incentives for service. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you're honoring your parents and you're honoring the word, you're honoring God. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the the uh, you know original you know Ten Commandments there. So. Um, I think I think people do struggle with though you know like what happens when you know someone passes at a young age or whatever you know what's going on there I think and that I do think that's something that people kind of um, you know kind of throws a monkey wrench in their uh, in their thinking there so um, and that's I don't have the answer to that question you know what happens what happened to a um, a young person who who passed before they were able to, you know, reach adulthood or whatever. Um, all I can say is that, you know, God's word says that if you honor your parents, that um, you'll be be given long life with promise. It mm-hmm. says, you know. Well, that's, in Exodus 20, it says uh, in verse 12, uh, Honor thy father and thy mother, that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. <clears throat> and then in Deuteronomy five sixteen it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Right. So. I can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So. But I don't. I don't know the answer to to people who would ask that question. You know who. Who they seem to have a an, a God honoring heritage, but maybe you know they pass, uh, you know, in their forties or fifties or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the answer to that. It mm-hmm. does seem to contradict, but I don't think there's any contradiction with God's word. No, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, 
that's that's one that I have I have not struggled with because I don't doubt God, mm-hmm. but uh, struggle with an explanation. Mm-hmm. You know, right. What do you tell someone? That mm-hmm. and I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. It's it's just um, you just trust, you know, and yeah. that's and that's mm-hmm. where to. You know, I'm not saying that uh, um, God's plan. You know, uh, you just have to trust. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you know that if you follow this word and uh, and you know God will honor it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, I, I can say that with my like my father, the example yeah. there that uh, he did honor his mother and his father, and and he had a long life and. And uh, you know, and it, it was well with him. So, right. so he he got to There's enjoy fu- that. So, yeah, and uh, fulfillment of that very word right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a top of the hour break, so we got to go. We got to uh, get the ID in there, our sponsors, and all that good stuff. But we will be back as soon as we get knock that stuff out. Right, we're eyes ready to go. We'll be back in just a few moments. All right, welcome back. We are uh, just moving right along here. It's been a whole hour already; just kind of flies by. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're back on the mornings with Box Two. Still raining a little bit outside. That's always a good thing for farmers this time of year. Uh, but um, we are moving in, and we've totally forgot the trivia question. Got wrapped up in that Ephesians chapter six thing. So, Mom, you want to read that trivia question, and uh, hopefully we'll get a. Somebody call in on that. Okay. Uh, trivia note, question number two. Uh, what crime did the high priest charge Jesus with? What crime oh, that's did the an easy one. high priest charge Jesus with? Okay. All right. All right. I was looking at a different question. <laughs> uh, right oh, that's one? tomorrow's question, yeah. Okay. I was looking at the wrong one. Okay. Uh, we did get a text. Uh, do you want me to read that? Yeah, yeah. Brother okay. Jim Waters called in. Or text him. Sorry. All right. Uh, he said, enjoyed listening this morning on the discussion about whether Mary knew that Jesus uh, would be crucified. I thought about, about Simeon's prophecy in Luke 2, verse 34 and 35. Uh, back when Mary and Joseph brought the eight-day-old baby Jesus to the temple. In verse 35, Simeon's prophesies to Mary, A sword shall pierce through your, thy own soul also. If Mary didn't know for sure, she certainly had a sense of purpose about Jesus' life. The scripture talks about her pondering what she saw in her heart. And God yeah. bless. Yeah. And that's, 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 uh, that's good. And that's that kind of alludes to the, the mm-hmm. verse you shared there in, mm-hmm. uh, in Isaiah as well. And I really hadn't thought about that, you know, about that verse, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Thanks, Brother Jim. He's... Always on top of things there. Not only on policy, but also on the Word of God, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, what was the question again? The What crime did the high priest charge Jesus with? Right. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll get a winner. We'll get somebody to call in for that. I keep saying winner, but you're not really winning yet. I know. It's if a... You're in the drawing. <laughs> okay. All right, another Bible question about Mary. I know Jesus had brothers alive at his crucifixion. Why do you? Why did he charge John with caring for his mother? 
That was from Miss Gail as well. I have thought that very same thing, Miss Gail. It's a good question. And I do not know the answer. <laughs> so, I've uh, never thought about it, but... Yeah, because it, uh, it mentions in, uh, I think it's Matthew's Gospel, his brothers. Uh-huh. Um, when he was going to up to Jerusalem. Now, we know James, mm -hmm. who would mm -hmm. author the book of James. It says the brother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not like they were, you know, not following Christ or anything like that. We know at least James was. Why John was chosen, I have no idea. I wish I knew the answer to that, Miss Gail. But I think right. James uh, started to follow Jesus, like to pursue Be ministry after his crucifixion. Oh, there we go. That may be it. Maybe none of them were fit to take care of him as far as like spiritually. Mm. And John was Jesus, Jesus's beloved. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. So, so I, don't I, know. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that, that's a pretty good answer there, Jamie. But, I mean, that's the best answer I've heard. <laughs> so, because <laughs> so. um, I think there are four brothers mentioned. Oh, I don't, I don't know. And I just read this the other day. I've not ever counted them. But, uh, I think so. In, um, I believe it's Matthew's Gospel, but I don't know. I'm a, uh, that, one, that one caught me totally off guard. But, but I like it, Jamie. That's good thinking on right there. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think you're right. I think I do remember that uh, coming up before that that James came to to follow Christ wholeheartedly mm -hmm. uh, after the crucifixion. And he he became a is this the same James that became such a spiritual leader then of the mm -hmm. yeah you know that when they were trying to decide some things at the in Jerusalem, you know he kind of comes up and says you know okay I'll rise now listen to me <laughs> yeah. and he kind of took control there and. And kind of sorted it all out. <clears throat> right. And this is total speculation, but let's just follow Jamie's line of thinking here. You know, if at the crucifixion, Jesus says to John, instead of his brothers, you know, take care of my mother. What a, you know, kind of a piercing dart that would be to those, someone like James. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I don't have my act together, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, there's, I can't take care of my mother spiritually the way that John can. And that was kind of provoked them to, you know, mm -hmm. to follow after Christ. Well, and you see, and I, again, I, I'm just speculating. You see the just, others, too, like, like yeah. Peter, you know, yeah. you know, just, uh, you know, how he rose up, you know, got his act together. You know? Right. And, uh, you know, was able to be, you know, such a force, you know, for the kingdom, you know, after and after Jesus uh, was crucified and rose. Right. So. Anyway, yeah, we're, uh, like I said, I'm just speculating at this point because there's no spiritual or scriptural proof. Mm -hmm. And you see that happen even in, in now, in, in times now, you know, when something happens, you know, that kind of wakes people up, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, to their own walk, you know, with the Lord makes a difference. So. Yep. All right, you got another question for us? Um, Anybody calling yet, Miss uh, Mariah? There. Oh, this is an easy one. This is. I'm gonna have to step out and call him is myself. This the, is this the first week of uh, of new drawing, or is this, this is the end two. of this week? Um, okay. 
I saw this. Um, this is not a Bible Q&A question. I saw this story on Fox News this morning. NPR, National Public Radio, celebrates Father's Day with a pregnant dad story. Mm. Well. <laughs> <laughs> a transgender man is pregnant. Oh. So was no, it or, originally a woman. A woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the only way it could happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> that's, it just shouldn't have to be that way. You shouldn't have to kind of stop and think for a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I think everybody knows that only females can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. There is no way a man can get pregnant <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. But anyway, I just thought I was just perplexed me. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What was the next question? It was kind of like to this this week. How strange we are with people. But I noticed at the post office uh-huh. this week. This week, I was just waiting for the to get my mail, and I was looking, and there was this, a sign, a, a poster that this. I guess it was this week that was National Dog Biting Awareness Week. <laughs> so, and uh, <laughs> huh. that's different. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, do, do we have to have things that. <laughs> National Dog Biting Awareness Week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just like, you know. And poor dogs. Every dog. Will have, you know, <laughs> is this the one that could bite? <laughs> yeah. uh, we do have a winner. Jeremy Paul uh, called in, and he he won that. The charge that Jesus, the sorry, the crime that Jesus was charged with was blasphemy. Blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blasphemy. Yeah. And they had to trump up those charges too. They had to get people to lie. Mm-hmm. So, but. Anyway, that was it. That was the uh, that was okay, the charge. The reference uh, that was in probably uh, Luke, uh, Matthew twenty six nope. sixty five. Okay, there we go. And then uh, Miss Gibb, well, she's on a kick here. Uh, <laughs> do you think Mary could have been disowned by her family for following Jesus? Uh, that's a good question, but I don't. I don't think so. But I don't know. You know what was going on with the. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't affect the children, though. Maybe the community was, uh, yeah, because the whole situation there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I don't think Mary really cared. Mm-mm. I mean, here's the same the same woman who announced to the world she was pregnant, but had never known a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she had probably already endured quite a bit of Ooh, <laughs> yeah. of, uh, uh-huh. of of drama there, mm-hmm. but. And then even when Jesus preached at the temple in his hometown yeah, and then, you know, proclaimed that he basically was Mm -hmm. saying that he was, you know, the Messiah. Yeah. I mean, I bet she got a lot for that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Not every day your son declares he's the Messiah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then I lost him and had to go back for him. (laughs) Because I've heard that that explained that... uh, you know the children; they were kind of like in a pool, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been 
her being a bad mother that she lost him, you know, that they had to go back and find him because, you know, all the children were lived, were being taken care of together there, you know, and kind of like a school. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. All right. Well, what do we got next? What's up next there? Okay. Uh, was the work on the wall in Nehemiah 4 an example of being in one mind and one accord? Uh, this is from uh, Pastor Aaron's message yesterday. Uh-huh. I, did you find yourself wanting to correct Pastor Aaron? About building and battling? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I, I say that uh, not really correcting, but uh, he 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 told us at the very beginning that he heard this message. You know, my father preached uh-huh. it years ago, and uh, and so you yeah. know he gave credit there. Um, uh-huh. And he would talk about building and fighting, fighting, yeah. Uh-huh. And then, but I, it, it was just ingrained in my head. I've heard <laughs> that message several times. My dad would always say, "Building and battling." Yeah. And I kept. He did that a lot, you know, uh, like use the same letter. Yeah. To... Alliteration. There. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I didn't find myself. To yeah, every time wanted to say that. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say battling, battling, not fighting. <laughs> <laughs> No, Pastor Ed did a great job. He yes, was a great he message. Did. And uh, the so uh, I did I did correct him or not correct him, but uh, you know he had a he actually had a sword, and uh, that was yeah. your dad's sword. Oh, really? Uh huh. And uh, he he kept he, swinging that thing yeah, so close yeah, to Mister Finley's I was, ears. I was scared. <laughs> and and Miss Charlotte on the front row there, I kept thinking. <laughs> uh, I I've uh, said it wasn't sharp. No, no, at it's all. not because he would. Hold it, but the know. way he was swinging it, if he had hit somebody with that thing, <laughs> <laughs> the blunt force it trauma. Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, he got that. Uh, we got that sword in uh, Pigeon Forge. Okay. Know, at that, you know where they have the lodge, cast iron business that has okay, yeah, everything yeah. imaginable in cast iron. There's also a, a knife, and uh, I guess it's knives, maybe guns. I don't know where they sell them, and. Uh, it's all kind of in the same little exit there, and uh, uh, but they had the swords, and the, I think that was called Solomon's sword. Okay, as, as he name. bought it. Yeah, yeah right. he bought it. In fact, <laughs> there was another, uh, uh, actually another minister's wife that wanted one too. So he, we were back down there, uh, and uh, he yeah. got one for her too. Yeah, so. Two for one deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he used that. Uh, Let's get back and to And he had a, had a drill, <laughs> a DeWalt drill. Pastor Aaron had a drill, yeah. <laughs> Building and battling, or yeah. fighting. Yeah. <laughs> it was fighting. Yeah, it was, it was a good message there. It, it was. was. Uh-huh. I love, uh, Nehemiah is, I love that. I love the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Uh-huh. It's a very, very good book. It's often overlooked, mm-hmm. but it's, a, and it has uh, a lot of genealogy at the, the tail end of it, and even some at the beginning, but, um, the rest of it, oh, is really, really good and a, uh-huh. a, a very great, a very good story as far as talking about their faith and everything. But uh-huh. anyway, what it says, is this an example of being in one mind and one accord? Right. Uh-huh. Um, of course, when you, you start the whole you know, beginning of the chapter and everything, uh, I mean, you know, Nehemiah is, is, is crushed because, you know, the walls are, are broken down and, and, uh, you know, and just what what the walls of a of a of a of a city means, you know, and it's it's a fortress, and you know, 
protection and just everything about it, you know. And uh, and then the just uh, you know him get getting all the the means and the opportunity to to build it back, and then just the uh, you know sand ballot and Tobiah and all them you know ridiculing him, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to build it, and, and uh, you know, and he he realizes that uh, it's going to take both, you know, to him coming together uh, uh, as a body to build and get it done, and but they obviously they're going to have to battle. They're going to be battling in it as well, you know, mm. and because they were together in this, and and uh, Nehemiah had rallied them together to do it. You know, I, I do think it is an example of of being in one mind and one accord, and that's that's when I you like get the verse, job done. Uh, mm -hmm. Chapter four, verse six. Uh -huh. And you got that one. Just mm -hmm. read that one. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Yeah, and I think that's the answer take. to the question mm -hmm. right there. I think mm -hmm. that's. In my opinion, I, I can think of three examples in Scripture where we have a group of people in one mind and one accord. Obviously, um, the Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this is a second example in which they built half of the wall. I, th I think it's about three months' time. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is before the, the Sam Ballot and Tobiah come in. And this is where Pastor Aaron picked up yesterday. Mm-hmm. When they came in, they caused all kinds of drama and confusion and, and discord, and it slowed the process down to the point where that's where he said, you got to have carry a sword in one hand mm -hmm. and your DeWalt drill in the other. <laughs> I don't think they had DeWalt drills, but anyway. Um, but before that, leading up to that, I think the people were all a total one mind and one accord, and they built basically half of the city wall there in and I could be wrong, but I think it's about three months' time. Uh, somebody would have to do a little more research on that. It's hard to research while you're talking, mm -hmm. but I believe that was the case there. And then the third example that I see, and this is would be on the negative side, uh, but in the Tower of Babel. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I think the people there, were they were united together for one singular purpose to the point where God said, I'm going to have to stop this. Mm. Yeah. And, and I've always been curious about that. There's no way they could have built a tower to heaven. I mean, the, just the sheer oxygen level, mm -hmm. you know, they would pass out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but, you know, what I think it was, you know, just the, the idea that they were totally in one mind and one accord set on idolatry, basically, is what mm -hmm. they were. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably the purpose there. And, and the Lord said, we've got to do something about this because they are, you know, what can be done with a group of people that is totally in one mind and one accord? And it's unbelievable, you know, whether it be for good or for evil. So, but that, those are the only three examples that I can think of. And I think, th I do think this is one of them where they were in total agreement and they were accomplishing great things in a short period of time, very short period of time. But of course, the greatest example, I think, is Pentecost mm -hmm. you know, oh, yeah. and, and the work mm -hmm. that they did and the, how many souls were added to the kingdom. Because they were all in total agreement. But are you still looking for that? I was just kind of, you know, seeing if I had it written down anywhere in my Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I did some research on it once before, and that for some reason that's sticking out me three months time period, but it could be six. But anyway, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody. 
Maybe oh, I thought I had a comment, but I, I have a software update tonight. <laughs> <laughs> my phone is so old that my software updates never happen <laughs> because oh. it's just like we were, we were unable to pull it off. <laughs> Apple, so they, they've sent me a sympathy card. My phone's so old. Oh. But anyway, um, we got time for one more. For We have a uh, yeah. guest, Dr. McMurtry is calling in today. Okay. Did uh, anybody get the trivia? Yeah, Jeremy Paul got it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he got it. Okay. Blasphemy. Okay. Uh, Not Jeremy Paul, but that was the answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Was the sleep the disciples experienced in the Garden of Gethsemane actually spiritual warfare? All right. What do y'all think? I think it was just a weakness of flesh. Okay. Because of Jesus addresses them and said. Uh, the spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Yeah. That's good, yeah. That's true. I think about how t many times when I've, you know, wanted to pray or or study, you know, or something like that, and and then get so sleepy. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and just almost wonder. And I, I've even happened, like, in the middle of the night, you know, wake up and cannot go back to sleep. And then just say, I am going to pray, and you know, and then just, and then maybe think that's the last thing I remember, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but then, then there's been times that it, you know, it didn't, you know. So uh, I do believe the enemy, you know, would would uh, would like to hinder that, mm -hmm. you know, you know, hinder your prayer. Yeah. And uh, but I, at that point in time, though, I, you know, the disciples. I mean, I think that maybe you're right that it's just, uh, you know, just in their fleshly weakness and and uh, not realizing just the, uh, you know, what was actually going on there mm -hmm. at that time. Uh, find that verse there if you can. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay. So I do think there were probably, I think there was a lot of warfare going on. But I'm not sure that they... Uh, you know, we're far enough, far enough along in their walk to even recognize that. I think they were still in many ways in the natural. I mean, just a couple hours before this, or I'm sorry, after this, Peter is ready to uh, cut the guy's ear off. Or actually, he was trying to kill him is what he was trying to do, thinking that the time for the re revolution had begun. You know that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government. That's what I think Peter was doing there. Um, so I'm not sure they were spiritually sound enough to know what was going on. But okay, uh, Matthew twenty six forty one. All right, we've been in Matthew twenty six a lot today. Miss Gail, Miss Miss Gail's fault. She keeps directing us back to Mary and the crucifixion. <laughs> okay. Uh, of course, it says, "Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak." Yeah. And then, of course, he'd ask, "Could could you not watch with me one hour?" Yeah. I'm guessing, I'm thinking that there's probably a little of both. I think that they were, 
their flesh was definitely weak. They were not disciplined. And then also I think they were there was some spiritual warfare going on as well that they were just totally unaware of. Mm -hmm. All right. John Wesley says, uh, the flesh, which is your nature, how gentle a rebuke was this and how kind and an apology, especially at a time when our Lord's own mind was so weighed down with sorrow. Yeah. That's good. All right. Uh, it's 8.30, so we got to take another break. And then we got to come back with Dr. Is it Grady McMurtry? Yes. Dr. Grady McMurtry. I'm excited about this. I, I have never been able to hear him uh, on the broadcast because I'm always at work. So I'm excited. I love creation science. So we'll take a break and come back and uh, get more mornings with Box 2. Dr. Grady McMurtry coming up after the break. Glad you're uh, still here with us. It's 834 and uh, we are wrapping this broadcast up. But we have Dr. Grady McMurtry with us for this next half hour. And uh, Dr. McMurtry, we're so glad you're here this morning. Um, well, thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. And I understand that this is our first time to talk to each other here. Yes, I know. I've been uh, excited about this. Uh, you were scheduled to be on last Monday, but that was my fault, Dr. McMurtry. I did not think it through as far as we had two guests and I went a little long on the first guest and I did not realize that you can't call in while I'm talking to another guest. <laughs> so that was my, uh, my fault. And I'm so glad I get a, I got a second chance. I love creation science and, um, uh, I just, I could talk about it all day long. So I'm, well, so could I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you can. Uh, as a matter of fact, right now, as we speak, I'm signed up for your newsletter. Uh, oh, yeah, I've, you. I've heard your name and I've heard you know, you you call in quite quite regular, but um, the time slot eight thirty. Uh, I'm usually working with students, so I don't get a chance to hear. So I, I'm, I've been uh, pumped up for this. Uh, when I heard that you were called back into this this Monday, I was so excited. So. Uh, what's on your mind today, Dr. McMurtry? I, actually, if, if you will, for people maybe like myself who haven't had a chance to actually hear you on the broadcast yet, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then we'll jump into some of this other stuff. Um, I'm one of those where I was born into a secular home, raised as an evolutionist, earned my science degrees as an evolutionist. But at the age of 27 and doing what a good scientist does, which is to seek truth, right. not knowledge. Yeah. I became a Christian when I found out the truth was a person and not a concept. Right. And I, I would quote John fourteen six, for instance. And for the last 50 years, I've been teaching on the subject of creation versus evolution, mm -hmm. uh, both from a biblical standpoint as well as a scientific one. Right. Um, I know that occasionally you've mentioned our website at creationworldview.org. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of free resources there, a lot of free printed resources and articles. There's a lot of free short video materials there, nearly 400 uh, short videos, plus a whole bookstore of materials, uh, both video and print media. So we are both domestic and foreign missionaries. Um, for example, I'll be in Brazil for our 18th annual trip to Brazil in August, um, wow. but other countries as well. Yeah. And uh, so do the, the bulk of your uh, mission work, does it involve, um, you know, just discussing creation science or, or is it evangelistic or a little bit of both? Or 
Well, you know, in discussing Christian science, we never forget evangelism. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, modern-day creation scientists such as myself uh, are following in the footsteps of the first Christian creation scientist, the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, of course, he used creation to evangelize, particularly would draw your attention to Acts 17 in Athens, where right, he yeah. is confronting the Greeks. Um and, of course, in his letters to the Romans, he writes a letter to the evolutionists and challenges them greatly, informing the Church what evolution is all about, because they were confronting evolution 2,000 years ago. There's nothing new about the concepts of evolution. Uh, we can literally trace evolutionary philosophy back to the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And so we never forget evangelism. Now, mind you, we are primarily involved with edification and discipleship, but we never forget evangelism. Perfect. I love that. I like that. A lot. Um, so, uh, what's on your mind this morning? What what uh, what what do you want to share with us this morning? <laughs> well, actually, I I like to respond to questions versus just yeah. preaching something that may not be of interest. Um, certainly, there are always interesting new developments in science, of yeah. course. Well, I ha- I have uh, lots of questions. <laughs> so, so, well, why don't you go first? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, now, primarily, and this is this is always something that's kind of near and dear to my my heart. Um, what what is your I, I guess we'd say like a nutshell answer to to a, what a lot of Christians try to do nowadays, and that is try to somehow merge both creation and evolution. Well, it's impossible uh, yeah. in the purest sense. Uh, you know, in the purest sense, it's not possible. You cannot be a true believer in evolution because it's atheism, and then claim to be a Christian at the same time. Now, there are many Christians that are theistic evolutionists who, who while they understand the plan of salvation, they've accepted Christ uh, as their Savior, they have not accepted Him as their Lord. Right. Um, they don't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. And we've talked on the program before about things like the gap theory or various other old earth ways in which Christians try to compromise right. yeah, the I like Bible that word, with secular science. Yeah. Uh, we are not compromising. Uh, we believe in the biblical inerrancy, but we also think that it's good science, and we think that good science supports creation. Yeah. Um. So I take it you're not a fan of the gap theory. No, as a matter of fact, I have a video specifically talking about why, not the science, but the theology. Um, I mean, we have some videos and books on geochronometers, on the scientific arguments for young Earth, young universe, which would refute the necessity for the gap theory or any other old Earth view. Um, But the gap theory was invented in 1813 by Thomas Chalmers. And it is theologically unacceptable. And I, in my video and so forth, we talk about why it's not. Um, and for anybody who uses the gap theory, which is commonly found in both the Date commentary and in the Schofield commentary, that's just two examples. There's yeah. not the only places that people do this, but the Schofield and the Date promoted it, but they didn't invent it. They picked it up from from Pember, who picked it up from Chalmers. I mean, there's it's, it's a history behind all that. But right. it isn't a compromise to Christians who think that evolutionists are telling the truth about the science revolution, which they are not. Um, 
evolution is a religion itself. Um, it has to be believed in by faith because science cannot prove it. Sure, yeah. Um, the same thing is true of creation in one sense. I mean, that we weren't there, we didn't witness it. You can't test the origins question uh, in a direct testing way, but you can test it indirectly, and that's when science does support a young Earth and young creation. Um, I've made a statement on the program before that even if I were not a Christian today, even if I had not become one at 27, it, but knowing the science that I know now, I'd still have to believe in a young Earth and a young, young universe because the science is overwhelming uh, that refutes the millions and billions of years. Yeah. Um, evolutions do not have one scientific proof. It's old. They just have five arguments they use to deceive people into believing it's old. Yeah. They don't have one proof. I mean, if they had a proof, we'd have to agree. That's we true, don't. yeah. Yeah. Because they don't have any proof. Yeah. They and just claim this and they claim that. You know, they take a rock and say, this is 100 million years old. How do they know? They don't. <laughs> well, they they use... date rocks by their religion. They don't date rocks by science. That's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you've got me on that. I, I like that. They date it by their religion. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I've never actually heard anybody say it that way, but uh, that's good. I like that a lot. I'm gonna have to well, use, I like being I'm first, to, you know. <laughs> I'm going to have to use that one. <laughs> so, uh, so, so what you you what do you say to to folks who you know they, they want to try to to kind of explain that away? You know, explain away their their uh, their merging of. Of, of these two ideas, uh, you know, the, the gap theory or, or, or some of these others, you know, wh what do you say that kind of as your proof, uh, not, not necessarily proof, you know, but uh, your argument, I guess you would say. Well, again, from a scientific standpoint, mm -hmm. science proves the Earth, the solar system, the galaxy, the universe are only 6,000 years old. That's good science. Yeah. Today we have over 350 scientific arguments to demonstrate that. Okay, so that's the science. There's no need to compromise with evolutionary belief of what's called deep time or millions and billions of years. Yeah. We yeah. have no need to compromise. Now, the various ways in which Christians have attempted to take evolutionary philosophy and compromise it with the Bible... The gap theory is probably one of the best known, but there's the day-age theory, the framework theory, the allegory, etc. Yeah. But whenever you are dealing with any of these views from a theological standpoint, there are six major problems with that. You're saying God's not omniscient and he's not omnipotent. You're calling God a liar. Mm -hmm. You're saying that he cannot always save a remnant. You're saying that he has not always had a witness. And... And to me, although the first five are highly significant, the sixth one is the killer to me. You're saying the death of a, what in Hebrew is called nefesh, organism, um, occurred prior to human sin. If that's true, you can take the book of Romans and tear it out of your Bible. Yeah. You know, in Romans 5, Paul specifically says the death of a nefesh organism did not occur until after the first human sin, the first Adam sin. And, yeah. and if that is not true, you see, if that is not true, if Paul's statement in Romans 5 is not true. And that's Romans 5, yeah. uh, 5.12? Uh, it's also found in 1 Corinthians 15. Okay. But 
a similar statement. Yeah. But if that is not true, then you are negating the cross. Um, you're eliminating the, the power of the resurrection, the conquering of death by the second Adam. And if that's the case, then we might as well just hang up and go home and that's true. die like animals the way we just think we are. Yeah, yeah it always does uh, puzzle me that uh, so many evolutionists are also fighting for... Uh, against the extinction of certain animals. We've got to protect certain species. That seems counter, well, counterproductive to their own argument. <laughs> I have used that argument in many ways. I'll rephrase it slightly if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, if evolutionists really believed what they believed, then they wouldn't be fighting for the preservation of greater and greater biodiversity. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be fighting for the preservation of more and more land. Because if evolutionary philosophy were true, then the extinction of various organisms, plants, animals, would simply be a part of the evolutionary process, and they right. wouldn't fight it. They'd be endorsing it. As a matter of fact, I pointed out that if they really believed what they say they believe, they'd go to Chernobyl and walk through the power plant yeah. so they could be irradiated to produce something supposedly better in the future. <laughs> I don't know of any of them that would volunteer for that. No. Um, but, but the fact is that extinction is a proof of creation, and it refutes the evolutionary philosophy. All right. Because if, if evolution were true, it is not, but if it were true, then we would get more and more new kinds over time, the, the branching out, right. you know, the tree or the bushes, whichever you would prefer. And that the inferior kinds would be eliminated, that's extinction, and therefore you wouldn't be against extinction, believing that more and more new kinds are coming along. Uh, but if creation is true, then we started with a fixed number. I, I don't know what that number is, nobody does. We, sure. we just found 5,000 new species, so nobody knows what the number really is. But just as a, an example, let's say we started with 3 million kinds, so 3 million types of organisms. Um, from that point, you would have only two choices. You could either preserve or you could eliminate. Yeah. No new kinds are going to come along. And so if creation is true, then extinction is going to occur as various kinds are eliminated over time. And so extinction is, in fact, a proof of creation and refutes evolution. Many people don't see it. But yeah, that's I never really thought about it that way, yeah. Um, and so what are they worried about? They're worried about extinction. Well, that's counterintuitive to their philosophy, their religion. Yeah, that's true. I, I like that. Um, so, I mean, let's see, let's, I'm trying to think of my other questions there. I've, I've, uh, I didn't bring my notes with me this morning. Uh, Dr. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, let's go back to the 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 day age theory. Okay. Because uh, that's another common one that that a lot of people have put together to try to uh, uh, explain uh, evolution and the Bible. You know, um, how would you uh, how would you argue against that? What's your uh, your biggest beef with that theory? Well, from a 
scientific standpoint, I've talked about the geochronometers, of course, uh, and again that we have videos and books on that subject. I, personally, I think that's the most interesting subject there is when it comes to the science of creation versus evolution. Mm-hmm. That's from a theological standpoint. Uh, first of all, this comes from a lack of faith. Right. You, you don't believe that God really could do all of that in uh, X Y Z time. You know. Right. That. Um, when you read it, straightforward reading, God says, on day one I did this, on day two I did that, day three I did this. Now, do you but believe they, those were literal 24-hour day periods? Absolutely. I do too. And okay, I very will, good. I, I will explain why as well. Uh, but, but, but I understand, because I was an evolutionist, because I became a Christian, and for 16 months I struggled with the issue uh, of things like was was evolution the process by which God brought everything into existence, or did he speak it into existence whole, complete, perfect, as he describes? You know, I, I, I struggled with that for 16 months, sure. and I looked at the science, and I came to the conclusion that Jesus was telling the truth, and I accepted him as Lord and Savior, but I also accepted that the creation account in six literal days, 6,000 years ago, was true, yeah. uh, for good science reasons. Now, when it comes to the day age, people are trying to say, "Well, I, I just can't believe that God did everything He says He did in one, you know, on day one or day two. Um, that these days must mean again millions or billions of years. That this is allegorical in some way of telling a creation story in a way that people could understand it who were very simple. Well, they weren't very simple. They were much more intelligent than we are today. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> they knew a lot of things we don't even know today. Um, and I know about that struggle, and I've looked at it. But, of course, now, having done this for 50 years, my question would be, uh, why do you take so long? <laughs> That's true. Um, except for day six and and the emphasis of day seven, uh, the first five days do not require even 24 hours because God could have spoken all these things into existence in the first second. Yeah. And then, and then waited 23 hours, 59 minutes, and 59 seconds for the next second day. But on day six, we obviously have a sequential time sequence of a chronology, and day seven is specific to the, the Sabbath, which mm-hmm. is a 24-hour period. Yeah. Now, for those that struggle, I mean, God says it's day one, day two. If he says it's a day, it's a day. A day is not based on the sun, which doesn't get created until day four. A day is based on one rotation of the earth. Right. In addition to which, um, you know, Jesus said, for instance, Adam and Eve were there at the beginning. He did not say they came along millions of years later. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, but the absolute killer is to go to Exodus chapter 20 and verses 8 to 11. Because this is 2,500 years after creation. God has given the Ten Commandments through Moses. And it is so important to God that you know that these are 24-hour days for each day of creation and not millions of years. He says, you shall work six days and rest one because I worked six days and rested one. And he equates the days of creation to the days that we know. True. And this becomes an irrefutable theological argument that these are one rotation of the earth, what we call 24 hours, which, of course, I, I know you know that a day isn't a perfect 24 hours either, but but we call it that. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, uh, 
how come he took so long? But he tells us in Exodus, he says, I did it to give you a template by which you're to live your lives, to work six days in the natural, never forgetting the supernatural. And on one day, you work just as hard on the supernatural, but never forgetting the natural. Yeah. And that template was reversed at the cross. Because in the Old Testament, they work six days and receive one day of rest. In the New Testament, we rest on one day and go out to work six. That's true, yeah. The, the first day of the week, yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'd like to think I know what I'm talking about. Of course, I'll let you be the judge. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think you do. <laughs> I'm enjoying this very much. Um, how many years do you say you've been this? 50 years? Yes, sir. Um, to be precise, 49 and a half, but okay. I call it 50 anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so. right. I'll be 49 this year, so you've been at this as long as I've been alive, Dr. Mercury. Yes, sir. I became a creationist <laughs> and started teaching it about the time you were born. <laughs> wow. But, you know, you, you had asked me what was kind of on my mind, and I've been writing a lot about, if excuse the expression, I guess I'll say evil, but about the, the fact that... Uh, all electric vehicles, particularly cars, but others as well, is a really, really bad idea. Oh, yeah. That they pollute far more than the gasoline and diesel engines we have developed. Yeah. I like you more and more, Dr. Mercury, as we talk. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. And all your other parts, too. <laughs> Tell, explain that statement, though. Because people well, they just go ape over these electric vehicles, and... And basically, we're trading off the the emissions there from the gas pipe to the smokestack of the of the electric plant. Well, but it's much worse than that. Yeah. I mean, all of the petroleum products that are burned in order to produce the rare earth metals and to manufacture these things and so forth, um, it takes eighty thousand miles in a typical electric car to break even on the pollution that was used to make it. Wow. But it's much, but it's much worse than that. Uh, at the end of life, the recycling of the batteries is a huge expense. Yeah. But there's much more to it than that. Uh, people think that electric cars don't pollute because they don't see a gas pipe. They, they know that they don't um, burn right. you know, petroleum products whether that's hydrogen or, or whether it's oil or natural gas or whatever. Um, because they don't see a tailpipe and they say, oh, there's no emissions. Now, you and I, particularly me, I mean, I grew up in a period where we were still using tetraethyl lead to, to increase octane. Yeah. The good news about tetraethyl lead is not only did we stop using it, but that particular pollutant went into the ground and was filtered. But electric vehicles have a pollution which you don't see but greatly affects you, and that is the wear of tires. Okay. If you'll think about it for a second, the average electric vehicle, car, uh -huh. I'm not talking about trucks, but cars, weighs 1,000 pounds more than a gas or diesel engine vehicle of the same size. I did not know that. Because of that, the tires are wearing faster. Okay. And the particulates that, cause, that are being caused when the tires wear against the asphalt 
stays in the air and you breathe it into your lungs. And it's a permanent pollution plane that you don't see, but it's occurring. I would also predict, and um, I'm not a prophet, I'm making a prediction, not a prophecy, okay. um, that we will see. Now, I'm not talking about large numbers here, but okay. in the future few years, we're going to see parking garage collapses of older parking garages, particularly. Oh, yeah, because of all that. Because if, if each vehicle weighs a 1,000 pounds more than its counterpart that burns gas or diesel, the, the weight load factors were figured only on diesel and electric, uh, diesel gas engine vehicles. And so when you park an extra 30 cars in a garage, it can take it. But you park an extra 3,000 cars in a garage, and it can't take it. Yeah. But there's a lot more to it. I mean, you know, I, I hate to say this, the deception, I'm not going to call it lies, but the deception of owning the electric vehicle. If yeah. you plug it in, yeah, if you plug it in at home, then it will cost you less per mile for fuel than gasoline. But if you're making a road trip and you plug it into a fast charger, it will cost you four times what it costs at home for electricity, at which point it costs more than the gas or diesel per mile. That's true. You're going to forget that people buy these cars and they say, well, I'm never going to have to buy gas or diesel again kind of thing. Well, the state knows that. And so the state is going to charge you, depending upon the vehicle, let's say $200 more per year to make up for the gas taxes. They're not going to get at the pump anymore. Right. So there's, the state's still going to get theirs. Yeah, they always do. <laughs> they always do. Yeah. <laughs> so, I write about a lot of other things that have to deal with this, but, but it's, it's not a good idea. This is an absolute terrible idea. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, it, it does seem that we've seem to have lost common sense about the uh, the whole issue, um, and you know it's like I, I guess it's like a feel goodism type thing. Oh, I'm doing something, and but we're not really thinking it through. And uh, well, you're spending an extra three to five thousand dollars to buy the car. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you're going to spend an extra three to five thousand dollars to replace the battery if you keep it long enough. Right. Then you're going to spend an extra three to five thousand dollars to recycle it. It's not a good idea. Yeah. This is this is a way of forcing people out of gas and diesel cars to getting them into electric vehicles where they can then be controlled, and you're going to lose your independence. True. I agree. I totally agree. Dr. McMurtry, uh, it is already 9 o'clock. We, uh, yes, we are out of time. <laughs> it slipped up on me. I did not even realize that. Uh, this has been fun. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I hope we get a chance to do it again. Um I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed this topic, and uh, so glad I got to to meet you and and uh, to spend this time together. And so, thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling. Give everybody your website uh, real quick before we uh, go and leave. Creation World View v i e w dot org. Creation World View one string dot org. All right. And again, thank you, Doctor McMurtry, for calling in. And uh, God bless you. Have a great day. Have a blessed day, sir. All right. And uh, again, we uh, we are out of time. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how much you ladies enjoyed that, but that was a lot of fun <laughs> for me anyway. <laughs> but uh, yes. mm-hmm. anyway, uh, what, what do we have next, Mariah? 
we have a uh, is it Renee Otterburn? Renee Otterburn's coming up. Mm-hmm. She's in the bullpen, ready to go. <laughs> so we uh, thank you for tuning in this morning, and uh, tune back tomorrow, 7 a.m. for more mornings with Box Two.